Leslie and Paul, and uh, good to see, to see you here, to see all of you. Thank you. I feel a little slow yet. Picking up, picking up speed. That's how it works. Uh, let's turn to uh, the book of Mark, Mark chapter five. Five. Last week we looked at. at I, I guess I would call it maybe a, a new twist in his study, if you will. That uh, look at Jesus as his power. Disciples how to pray, and I think the more the more we understand how powerful he is, it's even he's more appropriate for us to, to be reliant and engaged in, in as he taught taught the disciple that disciples prayer of daily walking, daily uh, pleading with Jesus to provide everything that we need. And uh, chapter five, five, we find after last week we saw, uh, which is incredible if you consider the fact that here is this man of boat. Sleeping, and uh, the disciples. You know, we had up on the board last up on the front layer. We had uh, the Sea of Galilee, and we talked quite quite a bit about it. And it's a it's a violent place, just the way it sits. It sits in a bowl, and the winds can be ferocious. And this isn't the first time that these disciples, most of them seven, it's thought of the twelve were for fish. And uh, this wouldn't have been have been their barbecue. To think that they were terrified, really to the point of losing their life. And they go to, Je- go to Jesus, look at anything. I mean, I'm convinced that, what are you going to do? I mean, are you just going to, are you going to sleep there while we're going to die? I mean, what is going on with you? And it was just like, oh, like little children. And he said, peace, be still. He spoke to the wind first, so the wind quieted down. And he spoke to the sea, and, the, and, the, and the, wave, the waves are gone. They're just gone, just gone. <laughs> Amazing! It just and, and we we've read it so often, we've seen it so much. But to consider consider the fact that these men re- really on the verge of knowing no, they were going to lose lose their life, and here this one stands up the boat and quiets the wind and the waves, and then it says they were exceedingly fearful because because they had us outside of the boat, but God was was in the boat. We want God in our boat. That's all I got to say. So we find actually, actually uh, another episode, a continuing, if you will, it's just it actually piggybacks where we, they were at last week. So let's take our Bibles now. I asked you to turn turn to Mark chapter 5. And if you don't, if you don't mind, I mean, let's just read from chapter 4, verse 35, and we'll go through this next power demonstrated. Uh, so they just go right on top of one another. Mark chapter 5, I'm sorry, chapter 4. Verse 35, which is where we read last week. At the same day, when the even even was come, he said unto them, Let us let us go over unto the other side. When they had, they had sent away the multitude, they took, took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the wind and the waves beat the ship, so that it was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we, we perish? And he was in rebuke, rebuke the wind, said unto the sea, Peace. Be still. And the wind and, and, and the wind ceased, and there was a great, great calm. And he, and he said unto them, Why are you, are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, this that even the wind and, and the sea obey, obey him? 
And, and they came over unto the other side of the side of the sea in the country of Arenes. And when they had and when he had come out of the ship immediately, there met him him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had who had his dwelling among the two two, and no man could, could bind him. No, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces. Neither any man to untame him, and always night and night and day. He was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he, when he saw Jesus far off, he ran, ran and worshipped him, cried with a loud, loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by, by God that thou torment me, me not. For he said unto him, Come out of man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? He answered, saying, saying, Name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there not mountains a great, great herd of feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave leave. And the spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about two thousand and were choked in the sea. The sea. And, and they that, they that fed wine fled and pulled it in the city and in the, in the country. And they went out and down and see what it was that was done. And they, they came and they come to Jesus and see that he was, was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil. And also concerning his wine. They began to pray him to depart out of their coast, and when he was come into the ship, he, he that had been best with the devil, devil prayed him might be with be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how, how great things the Lord hath, Lord hath done for, for thee, and have compassion on thee. And he, de, he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did, did marvel. I'd add a special bless, a blessing to reading. Let's just pause before we fold again this afternoon. Father, thank you for this afternoon that you've blessed together, that, that we had to gather and to, and to look at your word, look at confidence in the fact that you, you are a awesome, complete, wonderful God that has this designed salvation before you or you even us because you knew we would need it. Father, we look at the, the strength, the power of Jesus Christ, Christ, the Son of God, Jesus. All man and all God. He was the way that we were able to see who you are. Father, today we would ask that the Holy Spirit would exclusively be our, be our teacher. We'd look with an intention and confidence in you changing, changing us, making us more like Jesus. Father, that you would use us. You would, you would take us from, us from this play into a world, Father, that we are here, not by accident, for it's such a time as this that we have been made available, if you will. Father, we thank you. Thank you for being accomplished. We ask that you be with each one that has come this afternoon, that they families, all of that, Father, would give them a and you would be glorified. These moments we ask the same for your glorification, for our encouragement, for our looking to Jesus. You are great. You are great. These things we ask in your precious name. 
Well, that's, a, that's an interesting... Uh, if you reread chapter 5 of Mark, Mark, the part that we read, there's part of it, you come away and you're like, whoa, right? What is going on? How many of you have ever witnessed anything quite like that? No, no thing in there, I'll take it, no one. I mean, was it just, just another day, too? It was interesting. interesting. Uh, by the way, the disciples, it was just something that was astounding in its own way. They had spent the night on the sea. Probably hadn't went much further just for looking at where they were, uh, probably north northwest corner, and, and would have cut across, end up in this place of Gennesaret. It probably would have been six to eight miles across the water, not, not in that area. They had come from the part of, of, again, listening to Jesus speak about parables. They were understanding more of who he was. They get it in a boat. He was there. They never, they never, and that was a short, well, it really was a long night, wasn't it? Because he had spoken and, and taught all along. He was in the, in the boat. Because the crowds would have, would have pressed him into the water. And then, and then literally, if we read that again today, that they just, just took off from there. No supper. Right, lots, lots of relation going on, and and then there was a storm that that enough to literally all they all should have perished. Jesus miraculously, and that is the word, miraculously spoke creation of what, of what he created. He controls controls all that he. Something we sometimes lose sight of. Jesus is in full control of of everything. Everything. In fact, looking at some of this, some of this, the exerts in creation is an interesting thing. How many of you spoke to the wind and it stopped? How many tried? No, don't answer that question. There's been many, many times. It'd be a lot better if it, better if it stopped. How effective were you? Jesus was on on task. Again, like I said, if said if you've just taken the wind out, the I don't know to, to what level that the waves would have been cresting, but it was actually the boat was just taking water and they couldn't get rid of the water fast enough. They were on the verge of really literally uh, perishing. There's no question. The, the, the tech speaks of that, and the, and the fish, and the, they were, they knew where, where they were at. Deep, deep, tr- deep trouble. But just think of it, if the wind just quit, that inertia from those winds would continue, continue to pound shores. It would continue to pound that boat, and yet, it was all quiet. In a matter of a second, it was all done. That was almost eerie. To go to this magnanimous, just rushing. And again, I point to the picture there of that lighthouse house and how violent the water can be. And you know the noise, noise that comes with it. was over instantly. And then to hear the master, the creator, that Savior God, God the man, say, say this. Why are you fear, fearful? Why, why have you no faith? And <laughs> It would reverberate, but, but the, it's really impressive, impressive to me. That, that, is, that is really sticks out. It just speaks to me. Is they were more afraid of him now because they saw how powerful he was, was than of the storm of which they were about to lose their life. Now that's a glimpse of who Jesus Christ really is. There are those today that scoff at him. There are those that make fun of him. There are those that he didn't even let him live. You post disciples and those... Outside of Judas Iscariot, every one of those lost her life, either in martyrdom, martyrdom, certainly for the cause of Jesus. That one of those events that was, he truly is the guy. No doubt. Well, they get off on the other, the other side of the, of the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. Galilee. And lo and behold, who are they met, met with? 
the, the, the homing wagon is none other than the maniac from Adarines. Now, this, this truly, I don't know how to paint this picture. Um, he was truly out of his mind in the sense of how he reacted. He lived amongst the, two, the tombs, and as you would have, would have approached this area uh, in the hillside, and you remember the Galilee was, I think, think at the 682 or 86, 86 feet below level. It's the, it's the lowest freshwater body of water in the world. So it's really a, a, a unique study if you, if you how it's described. Everything goes on around that, around that. You would think of that. Right coming off the shore would have been cliff, cliffs, have been a hillside of which, which would be a logical place for tombs or burying places for the And this is guy lived. He was more comfortable with the dead than he was with the living. It's amazing, actually, actually, if you spend uh, some time studying demons, uh, the fossils, it's amazing how they are literally in those places dead. Uh, I, I think of some of those careers. I think of a rock stars that are, that are you know, they're black and they're in, and they're in nam death. That's very close to what we're speaking of here. And, and this man meets them and he says, says something is interesting. Now, now, again, I don't think he has a clue when he, now, I, I, you, why would he, would he come down to meet him? Out of his mind, I'm not sure how many people he's probably killed. We would have no idea. This would be, this would be Charles Manson on steroids. And if I need to say that name, that name too many times. This would, this would be that guy because he was inhabited, he was, was indwelt, he was controlled by, and he was tormented by. We'll talk about those. There's, there's three words that he described as demonization. He was all of those. And he was coming down probably to, to go ahead and wage war, to wage his ter terrorism on these that, that had derived on, on the book. From, they would have no idea of this guy being there, right? It isn't like they would have had warnings. Everybody, hey, you got to watch out when you get out of that place. There's a guy that, guy that is crazy, would have no, had no, no newspapers. And here he comes to, to more than likely wreak havoc, havoc to ravage these, these people that had come. Well, when he sees who's there, that is very interesting. Verse 2 of chapter 5. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met out of the tombs of tombs a man, unclean spirit. An unclean spirit. Now, now if we were to describe, um, there's words, words that were used actually this text. We'll, we'll probably sometime also, so in Luke 4, we're going to go there probably pretty soon. Because I want to see, I want you to see where Jesus' first encounter was, was with a demon possessed. And where it's, it's at, that is quite phenomenal. But well, if we're going to say a fallen angel... And these would, would be all of the, that third, third that spoke that went with Satan. They made a choice. Uh, isn't it really cool that we have the chance to be saved? We were in sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Uh, we got it wrong. Adam and Eve got it wrong. The angels got one shot. They would be equal to an unclean, clean spirit that is on angels. Oh, by the way, how many, if, is there different kinds of unclean, clean spirits? No, every, every single man is unclean. And that would be another word we could use. That would be equal to a demon. It was even used in the King James, as I read uh, later on, the devils. These are all synonymous verbs. Demonic possession. I actually think, well, let's go ahead and see how, how he responds. Continue. 
who had his dwelling among the tombs, verse 3, and no man could bind him, no man with chains. Think of that. Because that he had been often bound with fetter and chains, and then the chains had been sundered by him, and the fetter in pieces, neither, neither could any man. So this guy, is, you can tell, why would, why would they try to restrain him? Because, because he's danger to others. If you come into this, this area, he's to attack you. Not be on the committee to try to bind this guy. <laughs> right? I mean, I can't even, even imagine. He must have, you know, of course, of course, the things that lived within him to raise his love level adrenaline or whatever else. Whatever else. Strength was supernatural. It says that even when they did have, have him murdered or tied, that he would break, the, break those chains. Whoa. That's who this guy is. That's who, that's who this is. It's probably one of the... It, 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 now, let's talk, we're going we're to talk in general and try to give some sense of context to demon possession. I want to make sure we we sample time I'm describing. So let's just let's just think through the script for a moment. The Testament, very little is spoken of of individual demonic possession. There are there are instances where it speaks about, about uh, I believe references to uh, Gen- Genesis chapter six. Uh, more than likely, there's de- it's the demonic possession going on in Gen- Genesis in Gen chapter six. We, we could go to Peter chapter two verse four, Jude verses six six and seven that speaks of those those that were confined to, to asking punishment. There's a pit. There's an abyss that they are very very fearful. These in, included that are with this man. They did not want to be chained. They did not want to go to the pit. They did not want to go to the abyss. And so think think of that. And very little is said about individual demonic possession. Go to the New Testament and and. When Jesus is on, is on, boy, he's on earth, earth. Now, now John does about it, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, all three of those, demons are everywhere. Why do you think you think that is? Before you answer, answer. You go in the church, began. you go in the, in the book of Acts. Again, again, full of some prevalence about demonic possession. But there was ample. Those apostles were busy, busy casting out demons. When you get to the epistles, from Romans on, there's not, there's not one reference anyone casting out or be demanded to do exercise or anything else. Not exercise, but an exorcism. Now, I don't want you to say you're exercising, right? I want to get that right. There is none. Until you get, get to Revelation, particularly chapter 6, six three, it is wide open. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 speaks of the fact, fact which I'm, con- I'm convinced that the rapture takes and upon the, the trust leaving. Those that are inhabited by Jesus Christ, that the restrainer, that restraints, is taken out, which is the Holy Spirit. At that, that point, I cannot imagine how horrifying the demonic... It's not even a point of influence at that. We're talking possession. There are three words that I would like to, that I'd like you to consider when you think of the fact... Um, that we'll be looking at some, some, some phrases... But, but there's three that are always common with demonic possession. One is being in, indwelt. This man was indwelt by new, numerous. Uh, did you see how he answered? We're going to move a little bit. Hopefully it all ties together. Uh, Jesus asked, what's your name? And the spokesman for the demons answered. In other words, they had control of him. That's, that's, that's another word. Is control. Demonic possession is control. And then the last floor, I forget it, is torment. You will always see one that is demonically possessed 
they are under a great deal of torment. Those three three terms, well, control, control, are synonymous with demon possession. When they answer, when, when spokesman, which was using the vocal cords of man, which was not in control of himself, said, our name is Legion. Now, now that term, that would be very, very, very much more understood day and age. In the Roman army, a legion was 6,000 men. And you say, what? You go to, to should we go to, let's go to, uh, I think it'd be in Luke, Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 8 for a moment. For a moment. At this point, we'll be back. back. Luke chapter 8. And let's take a look at this same situation. Oh, wait a minute. We did that. It was in, it was in, it was in Mark. It's episode. Hey, uh, how many pigs, how many, how many swine committed, committed suicide? <laughs> I couldn't resist. I just couldn't, just couldn't resist. Uh, 2,000. Now, obviously, again, I'm not trying to pinpoint how many, how many demons were in this land, but have 2,000 pigs all decide to t- take a suicide mission. I'm here to say there were there could have been 2,000 or more, more demons in this man. And you say, how can he possibly hold them? They're spirit. They're, they're not of this world. This is the most, this is so outrageous. And here's the, here's the other thing. If Jesus tr- is truly why, if he was truly the one that came to deliver his people, he has to show that he has power over the, 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 the king of darkness. This is, is classic. And it's not announced. It just happens. But let's look at something that I find very interesting. So let's back to what I talked about. Old, Old Testament, New Testament. It's, there's really, really no, I mean, there's no, there's no confrontation. You get to Jesus' day, it, it's confrontation. The manifestation of, of, of Satan's angels, the demonic possession of Jesus' walk, talking those three years on earth, on earth, the apostles shortly thereafter, that's by far, far the climax. Until you get, as we said, Revelation chapter 6 through 19. Let's talk about that for a moment. Why would that be? I mean, the Old Testament took on and off. Do you, you know, are, are they not active in that, per- that period of time? The demons not, not active? Of course they were. Of course they were. So, so in, in the epistles, souls, not really said. What's that about? Excuse me? As far, as far as the people that are... Okay, so why... why, why and I'm going to use this word, the manifestation. That's the only, the only way that we know when someone, someone is demon. Is actually, actually to literally be showing that. And that's not, that's not the, way, the way they like to operate. I want to be very clear, clear about that. They don't operate that way. They would have just, just assumed this when Jesus had showed up. They are so fearful of Jesus Christ. They literally, literally can't anything. Did you see what they did? They fell down. They're incapable of worship. They are evil. Chosen not to not to worship. They literally fell down because of they are totally, totally. What's the right word? Just absolutely, he blows them away. They they bow down. They can't can't hold a candle. To Jesus Christ. And and what would be more noticeable than the time that Jesus Christ was walking the earth? Any time he got close to a demonic possessed person, 
that demon had to literally was so frightened, so terrified that they, they responded saying, what, what do you have to do with Jesus, the, the holy, living, living God? And by the way, I, they're premillennialists too. They're very fundamental demons. They get, they get all right. They've got the Bible figured out. Why they wanted to, that they were so active when Jesus was, was here? Most of all, Jesus, we're going to talk about the real, real focus of this message today is what Jesus came to do. But the point of the matter is, they know. They know the Bible better, better than we do. They, they've been a lot longer. They know that when, when Jesus is walking this earth, they are in trouble because they will be bound. And the second coming is the same. And they're so, so aggressive trying to be get, get everything done they can possibly do in the evil. And that's why this, this legion responded, What do we have to do with you? This, this is wrong time. Literally. To go to the abyss, the abyss. We don't want to be. That's interesting, isn't it? But let's look at the first demon that Jesus is confronted with. Good. Let's take our Bibles. Take our Bibles. Turn to Luke four. As I said, manifestation is the only the only way for us literally to know know that a demon is possessing someone. They're much more quiet. They're they're more contemplative. They're more more uh, restrained, if you will, in the presence because you know what? They would rather rather. That they didn't know when I'm saying they, that people would not know of their issue. Because they can get more stuff done. Let's take a look at this. Luke chapter 4, let's start at 31. Speaking of Jesus now. And came down to Capernaum. And if you remember, remember our little Sea of, sea of Galilee, the map, uh, uh, Capernaum was kind of his headquarters. That was, that was where his what was headquartered. It would be, on, be on, on the top of the lake, the Sea of Galilee. A city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath days. They were astonished at his doctrine. For his was with power. And in the synagogue, the man. Now, stop for a moment. Where are we at? We're in Capernaum. We're in a synagogue. We're in church, people. Jesus is speaking. And the people are amazed. They said, this, it, it's, it's different. This guy, this guy has power, authority, he speaks with it's, it's just, just can, wouldn't you, you like to have been taught by Jesus? I mean, talk about blow your hair back. Just take the word of God, it would just unfold, unfold for you. And Oh, my goodness, right? Okay, well, okay, well, in this, let's keep going now. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, devil, and cried out with a loud voice. Voice, wait a minute. You, you mean that a demon-possessed man, man in church? That's where they love to be. They can do more harm in the family of God unnoticed than anywhere else. They love to be be there. But let's let's watch. I saw a loud voice. Now, because who's teaching? Who's preaching? Jesus. And he says says with a loud voice, Let us alone! What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou, thou come to distress? I, I know thee, thou art the Holy One of, one of God. There's a whole lot, lot of things, things that are factual, spot on. And they're basically saying, it's not time for you to do what we have, we, have, we know coming. Your earth, he was there. Isn't that interesting? They're scared to, de- to death. They're so frightened, it blows the cover. You can't just his presence and not come close. Jesus rebuked him, saying, verse 35, 
Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil thrown him in the, him in the midst, he came, he came to him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed. I'll bet they were amazed. And spake amongst themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with, for with the and power, he could command the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out and this went into, into every place in the country round about. That's the first place, literally, that good possession was spoke of, of and cast a demon out in church. <coughs> How many churches today do you think have demon possession going on? And more. And yeah. I wonder why those two people laid again in Jesus. Particularly, particularly if you would leave those men here, what was about them that you had no idea why it's going to why, why did they pick him? Yeah, why did they well, that's interesting. Let's talk about, talk about this for a moment. I mean, we come, we come away from illusions. It would almost be like, wait a minute. Now, now I want to say this. There are those that are Satanists. There are those that worship, worship Satan. They literally, literally have invited. They, they have invited Satan to come into their, into their life. Judas Iscariot, Iscariot, it says, centered into him. Now, when Satan enters into you, that, that's amazing. We're talking about just the average, ordinary, everyday demon. But there, but there are Satanists, those that... that that really believe that Satan is their God, that they invited a demon within. Okay, okay. I'm not talking about those right now. I'm again, again I'm talking about those that are indwelt, controlled, and they are tormented. The word tormented means it all would be against their will. Okay? Because I don't believe the Legion guy, I don't believe he asked 2,000 demons to come in. To come in. I'm going to say that word, is it 2,000? I don't know what it is, but it's, it's a massive number. The very herd of pigs described why Jesus allowed that to happen was to show they left man and they literally destroyed 2,000 pigs. That's more than one demon, people. But here's what I want to get to you. In other words, have you read a past take? As, as Paul kind of was there, I'm not going to pick on you, but you let us here. Um, this guy must have been horrifying. Right? He must have been like a massive sinner. He must have been the most wicked man possible. I don't, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that. On what grounds would you say that? It's never described that way. Right? Jesus did, your sins are, sins are forgiven. Cast this, this demon out. Now cast it out to show his power. He's walking the earth for three years. It's not spoken of that way. Say that again? Oh, I'm, I'm, sure, he, I'm sure he did. Because here's the part, again. He was tormented. He was tormented. Yes, yes. Now, he didn't know what to do about it. Oh, that man? That's an interesting question. I would have to believe he did. Because here's the part that, that always comes up, particularly when we talk, talk about in pagan religions, those in, those in third world countries, where you, it seems to be demonic possession today. Now, I'm talking in this century where we're at today. That it's much more, more prevalence of manifestation, because that's really, really where he loves to be, pagan religion. He loves occult. He loves anything that apart from, from telling us about Jesus Christ. If he can say, the Bible's not all true, there's seminaries you should say that. There's, there's demon-possessed people in, this, in the seminary. If there are lies such as, you can't believe the Bible today. Jesus wasn't really Jesus. He wasn't the Son of God. That's a lie from hell. 
Okay? Now, now, I have to that that person, person sitting in that synagogue would have known that what he was believing, that he was professing, was very different than what the Word of God would have said. That's the one thing we know positively. And here today now, it's interesting, there's only one way for a demon-demon person, as I see the Word of the Word, there's only one, one that that person can be unzest. Now, when this was here, Jesus just spoke the word because he was the word. Today, the only way that you, you can be unpossessed by a demon is to be saved. And so what is it for our job? I, there's nothing in the scriptures about talking about exorcisms. There's, there's nothing about binding Satan, Satan binding demons, binding, binding this, by that. You're not qualified. If, if you're Jesus, you can do that. He did that. It's not, it's not up for us. But here's what's really, really important. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. That's the only thing the demon listened to. to. You can tell them anything you want to do. do. They, don't, they don't have to. They don't care about you. When you preach Jesus, let's talk about some verses of deliverance. That's what this message is literally about. How many of you have seen your salvation as beyond the sense of grace, receiving God's gift of grace through mercy? Receiving part? No, no, no. Or that. You know you were delivered out of the clutches, out of the chains of, of Satan. Because you could have received it unless you would have been delivered out of that bondage. You see, we sometimes miss that. Here's a verse I want you to go home with today. First John chapter 3, verse 8. First John chapter verse 8. 1 John 3, John 3. He that committeth sin is of the devil. <laughs> Just stop for a moment there. How many of you have committed? You don't need to raise your hands. Your hands. We're, we're up to you, right? That's what, that's what Romans chapter 5 verse 12 tells us. We were born into sin. So if we commit sin, we're, we're of the devil. Ephesians 2 verse 1. We're children of disobedience. We're dead in trespasses and sins. Romans chapter 3. See, something we miss that. Especially when we're, we've been saved. Let's keep going. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. That's why we're of the devil. is was because he's the one that sinned from the beginning. Watch this. This is, what, this is what the part I want. For this purpose. For this, this purpose. The, the Son of God was manifested or made show, shown to us that he, he might destroy the works of the devil. Did you see what it didn't say? He couldn't come, come to save us until, until he destroyed the works, works of the devil that bound us. That's powerful. That is hugely powerful. He came to destroy the works of Satan. All sinners are in Satan's kingdom. Just, just say that. All, all sinners are in, are in Satan. All sinners are in the kingdom of darkness. Every one. Every single one. That's why Jesus had to come. To break that bondage, to break those chains, to break all of the works of Satan. That's, now you're in, you're in first turn over to chapter, chapter 5, 19. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. 
Now, this is at the, at the end of this. John is, John is writing to Christ. He said, and we, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. As we think about, think about that, um, there's, this, there's the sense of what's the difference between uh, being, being demon-possessed and demonic, demonic fluids. Well, if you're breathing and living today, if you have a pulse, you are, are being influenced. That's the system. In fact, the cosmos, C-O-S-O-S-O-S-I-M-O-S, that's Satan's system. He, he uses it with a great, great deal of stuff in the sense of determining how to get people to be sucked into that. That's influence. We're all influenced in one way or form. Just living this world. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, we already spoke of it. Just turn back for a moment. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened. That means he's made you alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Time. Whoa. 2 Corinthians chapter verse 4. These are all things that speak about the fact of our position. We were prior to Jesus Christ. In salvation, he had to come to destroy the works. 2 Corinthians 4. 4. In whom God of this, of this world blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of glorious gospel of Christ, who, who is the image that should shine on them, on them. Do you see the bondage? Do you see how tied sinners are? <coughs> now, I'll say that Satan comes. Satan comes. Okay, is that Corinthians chapter 11? Um, he is, he is, comes as an angel of, of light. That's how Satan loves to come. Demons are the same same way. They lo- they love to be in they love to be in a seminary. They love to be somewhere where the truth is, is hidden and, and a lie is propagated. That's where they love to be, and that's why most of them they don't want want to themselves. But when Jesus shows up unseen, they have to. <laughs> he's so, so pure, he's so holy, he's, he's so powerful. They just just have to literally blow blow their cover. I mean, what would have been that like as you're sitting there and Jesus probably would have used that passage of Scripture that would have went back to Isaiah. In fact, let's, back, let's do that for a moment. Let's go to uh, it's, uh, Luke chapter, chapter f- verse 18. Chapter 4. I think I hope I'm right. Not, I'll just uh, move on. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. 18. Yeah, this is it. This was a passage of Scripture that I read. In fact, start in verse 14. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Where did he return from? What was, what was the previous passage? What was it talking about? Contact me. What, what happened? Where did he return with power? He just defeated had me. Literally, had he, Satan threw his wildest temptations of him, and Jesus won, won hands down, down into Galilee. There went on, went on a fame about all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stepped forward to read. He's going he's to read in the synagogue. There was delivered unto him the, him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had in the book, he found he found the place where it was written. Now watch. The Spirit of the Lord is, a, is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the broken, broken heart, to, to pre- preach deliverance to captives, covering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty... Them that are bruised to preach the acceptable day of the Lord, and it closes the book. 
That was the shortest reading, reading imaginable. That was his first, his first coming, exactly why he came. Do you know what that's, that ties in perfectly with 1 John chapter 3, verse 8? He came to, to bust up the works of, works of Satan. He came to deli- deliver. Probably the, the word, word that we on the board is deliverance. Deliverance. He delivered that man from the demon, demon possession, but he also delivered us, us from the power of Satan's grip so that we could be saved. How many men and women today don't, don't even know their condition? That's why I struggled a little bit as I asked that question, did the one that was demon-possessed demon eat he was possessed? I, I honestly can't say for sure because there's, I'm thinking this man pops in my mind more often than not. George Soros, from an out, outside state, is one of the most, most diabolical men that we can consider when we look at it from a Judeo-Christian standpoint. He is. He is he's a diabolical, evil man. And you know what? He doesn't even know it. Because of what we just read in Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan is blind, blind, blind. He thinks he's right. And that's what I'm saying. Is there's, there's a lot of now. And see, see we're getting close to the end times. I'm not going to say nowhere could it be. Is described for us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When the church is taken out and the restrainer of the spirit is taken out. I have no doubt to describe that to you. Revelation is very difficult to, to describe for you adequately really what will take in those seven, seven years. But, but the reason couldn't be any, long, any longer is there's nothing left. No one would be living. That's how it, I, just, I can't even describe it adequately. John the Apostle, I wonder what he, what he would have oh, He probably didn't sleep, sleep from see, seeing all this before him in vision. But any George Soros was out there, they don't even know. In hands they all they are. He thinks he's self-made. He, th- he thinks his own wealth. He thinks he's made all the decisions right because he's wealthy. Power. He thinks he's in control. There's a man headed straight to hell unless Jesus Christ or deliver, delivers him. That's what I want to get at. Each and every one of us in this room today that have trusted Christ as Savior or, or hearing my voice anywhere in this pl- planet Jesus Christ did not, not come to destroy the world works of Satan. We would be just as lost and wouldn't know it. Isn't that crazy? Exactly right. Every, every single time. And nailed it. No, of course not. Right. Let's go. In fact, Ernie's taking us. Let's go to James chapter two, verse nineteen. This is exactly the picture that's taking place in chapter five and chapter eight. Let's go. Let's go to. I just said it. James two. Let's go to James chapter two. James James two, verse nineteen. Well, say eighteen. James two eighteen. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith, thy faith without us. And I, and I will show my faith by, by my works. Verse 19. Thou believe, believe that there is one, one God. Thou, thou doest well. The devil also believe and tremble. If you're here, here as a Christian and you're afraid of demons, demons should never ever be afraid of demons. They're afraid of you. Jesus Christ is your owner. And this is something I want to say. I make sure that you understand it. No, there's no room for room for compromise. 
If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you cannot be demon-possessed. Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. To say that you could be means that the Holy Spirit is subject to Satan or to a demon. And that is totally blasphemy. A Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. He's God. Now, I didn't say you couldn't be influenced. Turn on the TV. Turn on the radio. The radio. Watch your neighbor. Turn on, pick up a newspaper, whatever it is. There's influence everywhere that's trying to pull you away from, from your master. That's influence. And it's, it's rampant away from truth. Keep sharing this because it blows my mind, but the Gen Z's, which is our newest generation of people, they're coming, coming up as a rule this world. Across the world, survey was taken. They, as a group, do, do not believe that you can know the, know the truth. Satan has done a ma- magnificent job. That's the number one problem that they see. So then my, and I, I, I'm sorry to bombard, I keep saying this, but it's so important because that mindset has to be changed. Because what happens if you don't believe you can know the truth, you don't even look for it. When we stop looking truth, we're done. Our hope is gone. Gone. Isn't it true? It's crazy. Satan is, is active to right, right. Uh, entered into Judas Iscariot. That would be another priming example that the, that the Bible mentions. Um, we know that he can, he, he, this is really cool, cool. He is omnipresent. He can only be at one place at one time. The chances of him, him personally being here right now would be relatively small. He, he would be looking for bigger fish or fish to fry. But he is active. He is working right. today. He's interacting with, I'm sure, world-level leaders. Particularly those that are in, I'm going to say, a safe religion. He does more, more damage to the world through religion than anything else I can think of. Think of. But as far as the Bible, the interaction between Satan and Satan, Adam, and I mean, he only, he only speaks to them. Oh, you're talk, talking about personal speaking? Well, he's delegated to fallen angels. It's deep. It's much bigger than that. Okay, it's much bigger now. Now, in the ultimate, you find a lot more, a lot more personal dialogue. Okay. Now, Satan, to my knowledge, knowledge spoke Job, but he spoke to God about Job, and God spoke to to say about Job, Job as well. Did, did you notice Job? Job was, wasn't in the conversation. Didn't, didn't fare. How many times do you feel like, oh, right? And, and yet God says he has wonderful thought process. And, and Satan, he, see, this is the other thing. Satan is still a tool of God. Ever thought of it that way? He can't do anything that God, will, will, that, that God doesn't approve or allow him to do. 
Now, Job got the short end of the stick initially, but at the end of the story, you go to the end, end of the book of Job, and guess what? Job, what? Job twice man. And I'm just using that twice of everything else. It was, he was twice the guy. But it took those trials. We base that again. But it took those trials. It took those tests to literally take him, him and move. He had to exercise, exercise those muscles. Satan was used by God to accomplish that. Now, I don't, don't, really, I don't like when Satan is used because he's a thorn in the flesh. As in 2 Corinthians 12. God allowed that, Satan, a messenger from Satan, to literally be a thorn in the flesh to him. And yet, God glorified. Paul was humbled. I can just, can't you get a sense of Paul, particularly prior to Jesus Christ, that was one, one arrogant little monster, right? He was a monster. And then for that Jesus Christ again, that vision on the road to Damascus knocked him to his, his knees. And he said, I am the one you're, you're purging. Change his life forever. In this, we're watching this legion, we're watching this man. It was demonically possessed by it. I'm thinking it. I have reason to say that it couldn't have been at least 2,000 demons. I'm just reading the whole, the whole text. 2,000 pigs that go to their... That's exactly right. Could be high as 6,000. So I'm, I'm being very conservative. I mean, that doesn't say that 6,000 6, demons couldn't, couldn't be in two pigs. That, 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 that's not my... It was, it was a... Now, now, here's the... Th- why did they pick this man? We didn't ever see, see. We get straight. I'm not going to get very far. Very far. I can. How was he open to, to receive them? That's a good question. Now, again, I'm discounting the fact if someone is open. You know, uh, we talk about trans- transporting ways. Ouija, Ouija boards. We could talk about occult. We could talk about, about ways that are literally in- inviting the dem- possession. That's different. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not about. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the everyday Joe. The Joe that's not saved. I think you can be possessed. And you are not the most, most evil person on the planet. You're me. I'll give you an example of that. Let's go it's way out of it. Is this sort of helping? I'm helping. I mean, we're just over the boards right now. We keep talking about demons. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And let's go to, let's, let's see. I'm going to find this. It was 43.3, but I don't write. It's all 43. Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yep. Um, oh, let's, let's see. Let's start in verse 38. It's going to take a little while to build this, but Matthew chapter 12, 12 verse 38. Certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign, a sign from you. <laughs> they want a sign. They always want a sign. A sign. Show us something cool. And he answered and said, I'm an evil and adulterous generation. Station seeth after sin, and there shall be no sign be given to it. But, but this is the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of us shall rise, rise in judgment with generation shall condemn it, because repented at the, at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, all the greater than Jonah is here, speaking himself. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation shall condemn it. For she from the uttermost, uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Again, speaking of himself. Now watch verse 43. When the un- unclean spirit, what did, what did we just learn here? Got on the board. Clean spirit. When the demon or unclean spirit is gone out of a, of a man, 
He walketh through dry places, it's waterless places, if you will, seeking rest, finding none. Then he saith, who's he? The de- then, then saith, I will return into, into my house from whence he came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Stop for a moment. This is very interesting. Now, this is more a metaphor. This is not just, this, this is a direct, this, this is a metaphor. So what, so what this, is say, this demon is, say, is saying, Jesus describing this, that Satan can leave anytime he wants. Uh, sorry, the de- demon can leave anytime he wants. That's true. And it's not because he's cast, casting them out in an exorcism. Uh, no, no, they just, they, they can leave. Just like they can come. This one particular, particular now I don't know, I, I find it, it real, because I come back to Paul's comment, would make 2,000 or more demons want to reside in one human being. I don't have the fog, foggiest idea, but he must have been a welcoming home. He was something that they, that they saw as being able to control, and who knows? Now, now they want in, they're smart, smart. They're very clever. They're also so very, very fearful. I, I can't say that enough to you. Demons are, are scared to death, death of Jesus Christ. They're fearful of you because of whose you are. You're Jesus. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You should never fear a demon. Don't do battle with them. Don't talk to them. Don't do any of that nonsense. You don't have to. That, that battle's over. You're, you're his. Speaking of Christ. But this is demon. In this case, in this case we're going to talk about just a moment now. This is, this is where I really think, think where religion plays in to what's plan is. This demon, for whatever, says, you know, there's greener pastures. I'll leave this clown, and I'm going to see what else is out there. That's what does happen. If they can find a better place to do their stuff, they're going to now the one is now this one, this one out looking around and around and it's like a desert wasteland. And it says he comes back to my house. This is where he this is where he went, and he and he says he found swept and clean. One of the most dangerous place places someone is, let's just say, runs a rough odd life. This is evil, you know, moral rat. Quote, clean themselves up a little bit, but don't get Jesus. Jesus. Don't get saved. Watch, watch this. What's happening? This is exactly what Jesus is saying. He went to rehab, but he didn't meet Jesus. He didn't meet Jesus. In fact, what he's describing is the Pharisee here. All religious. And he is basically calling them, you are demonic. But, but watch, watch. This is even, even better than you can think. Well, I mean, it's it's. Verse 44 again, they saith, I will return. The dean says, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he's come, when he looks over, he says, it's empty. Why? Right? That's really scary. If you don't know Jesus, you are vulnerable. Empty. empty. Swept and garnished. In other words, it's kind of, you got cut on the walls. You got, you got pictures. You've cleaned the thing up. You look pretty good from the outside in without, without Jesus. Good, good work, thank you. That's exactly what the Pharisees were all about. Verse 45. Then he goeth, I'm sorry, then go he and, and taketh with himself seven other, more wicked than himself, 
and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. That, that should scare a legalist. Someone tra- trapped his religion. Someone that does not say that Jesus Christ is deity. Someone that does not, does not to say that he is God. God. Someone does not say that he died for our sins. Someone that says that the word of God cannot be trusted. That verse right there should scare you, Lily, out of your wits. What I'm saying, Paul, or to anyone, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you've humbled, humbled your heart. You have, you have repented sins. That you said, you, Jesus, and us, and you are the only way that I could possibly be saved. Then you subject to a demon invasion. Period. That is pretty amazing, isn't it? What's worse is you'll never know it. That is correct. Then didn't even know it. From the outside, he looked cleaner. Right? He was, he was pretty. That's wrong. Might even think he had some special knowledge somewhere. Absolutely, because he's got on the wall. He's got, he's got a wall, right? Probably had a seminary degree. You see where I'm going? Oh, oh, oh. Is it classic? This, this is actually pretty frightening, considering where we are today in our nation. I'm not talking about the George, about the George Soros. I'm talking about a dead church. Talking about the Laodiceans. They don't even know they're alive. I don't even know they're dead. Dead. That's where demons love love to without being manifested. They don't, they don't know where they are. They don't want to tell them where they're at. They just want to do, want to do their thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they can do, do more stuff that way. I mean, I'm going to say something right now. I mean, if you got this guy with 2,000 demons, demons in him, that's frightening. In fact, the he, they had the whole place frightened. They said, why don't you just go do your thing there? We can't control you. We can't hold you. We don't know, we don't know what's wrong with you, but we just just stay there. That's your place. place. They were afraid of him. him. I just want to tell you something else, but it's a little, it's a little yet. <laughs> what they were ultimately afraid of at the end of that story is just, that's, that is the damnable list of sin. But let's not go there, go there yet. Um, let's go. We were, man, man, we're moving around. Let's go back to he, back to he for a moment. Hebrews chapter two and, and verse fourteen. Remember, remember, if I'm going to write a word on the board, but you're going to tell me what I'm going to write. This is really about this whole thing is about demonic possession and, and Jesus having power over that, over the spiritual, over all of all of the witnesses here. And he came according to First John chapter three verse eight. He came to to blank. Us. That's actually, you know what? That was a good answer. It wasn't my answer, but that's a good answer. He came to destroy the works of Satan. But what did he ultimately do when he did, when he did that? Destroy the works of Satan. He, Satan, he to deliver. 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 Deliverance. That way I want much to be locked in your mind since with message. Jesus Christ delivers. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. You're probably there waiting for me to get there. Uh, where are we at? Got to get there. Hebrews chapter 14. <clears throat> Hebrews 2 4. This is a verse you really do need to have somewhere in your repertoire. For as, for as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise 
took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had had the power of death that is the devil and, and deliver them who through the fear of death right isn't that fantastic that's Jesus' whole mission. It's his whole purpose to the earth. Sometimes we get a little bit confused, and it's not bad confusion. But remember, he didn't, he didn't save us. He couldn't save us without breaking that bondage. He can come and, and save us, and he delivered us from Satan's grip of death and sin. That's why the message of eternal life in Christ makes this so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's through fear of death they were in bondage. Exactly right. That's, how we're that's exactly right. Now let's think. Let's just let's just think. know you eternal life. You life. You fear death. That's exactly. Fear now, death, let's just take just take fear by itself. I could name mo- uh, numerous cults, numerous religion societies and, and groups that literally, literally hold their their group together through fear, fear. of excommunication. There's one that I'm thinking of dominantly. I, I, it's it's just it's just better left because I don't want to drive any drive because it's all the same. And where there's fear, there's no faith. Fear does not make faith perfect. That's right. But there is no love and fear. Isn't that just like Jesus to say that? It's just, it's just perfect. Okay, go to, uh, um, let's go to Colossians. Turn back to Colossians chapter 1. I'm on fire today, huh? I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, but... <laughs> Bad boys. Oh, I have to. I have to share a little story. I have to, this, this is this, so. Like Paul said, we left like three in the morning, right? right? Yeah. You know, you can get there early, early, and wait. What? That's what happened. Happens for for surgeries, right? So anyway, we're there like five. There's not even the desk isn't even open, right? So we're 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 we're, we're no right. And then just show up, and I'm, you know, you got the, got the face mask. Here they are, right? Right? I, I think that's Sherry. And then I look at Tom. You know, Tom, and I just Tom and how many? Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a kind of like that. So we're there, we're there, and else. So then I go back to this room, this pre-operation room, and uh, we're there. I was there. I was there for a while. Yeah, you were gone, gone. Because in comes, comes this person, and she's asking a few questions, which I think is very important. Now, I'm doing a gallbladder, right? Okay? She says, Larry, sighed. <laughs> so, so I, so I, I know she got me by surprise, but I said this. I said, I said, honey, honey, if two of them take that, that one too. <laughs> and said she felt, she felt so stupid. She says, oh, Larry, I'm so sorry, my caffeine doesn't kick in. I said, I'm, I'm here to say, I the surgeon in the cap kicked in. <laughs> I was a little bit nervous right there, but we got through that. Okay, how did I get, I get on that? What the world? Oh yeah, you you got me started on the gallbladder thing. Yeah, but if they if this time somebody and you're getting for golf, you tell Carol which, when she's in for golf. They say which which side. I don't know if you should you should what. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you put that bad boy right here? Yeah. Okay, let's. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And actually, all all kidding aside, you know, you have two extremities or you know two whatever. When I had this wrist done, done is Ula. Um, they said, said it's just really good, good. Put an X on that wrist. They said if that makes him get there, that's what we want. That's what we want. So. Exactly. Okay. Let's get, let's get back to the bowl. Let's go to Col- Colossians chapter. Let's look at verse, thir- verse thirteen. Again, I want you to you to piss delivered message. Colossians chapter one. Oh, let's start let's start in verse twelve. Oh, Col- Colossians so rich. 
verse 12, giving, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers or capable or, or even, even welcome to be partakers of, of the inheritance of the saints and light and light culture who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated slated into the kingdom of his dearest. That verse there may be as, as close to perfect, perfect of why Jesus came of anything. He's delivered us. He delivered us. Turn to Acts chapter 20. This is all before, before I think. Was he before Agrippa? Acts chapter 26. And let's take a look at, at verses 16 through 18. He's describing. Let's see. Chapter 26. Um, and we'll start, we'll start in verse 13. And he's before, he's before Agrippa. And he's going to make light of him. He's, he's there to have a fun a fun, fun time with this weird guy called Paul. Called Paul. Um, verse 13, ch- chapter 26. At, at midday, he's describing, this is his narrative. I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, riding round about me, and, and then journeyed with, with me. And when we were, when we were all fallen earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick, kick against the bricks. And I said, Who art thou, art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a me a mitter and a wit- witness, both of the things which thou hast seen, of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Verse 17. Delivering thee from people and, and from the gentiles unto whom now I send you. To open their eyes and to turn, turn their darkness to light, and, and the power of Satan unto God, that to receive forgiveness of sin, inheritance amongst among them, which sanctified by faith is in me. Do you see it again? It's deliverance. Deliverance from Satan. That's why Jesus came. And he had to perform this power, particularly over Satan and his demons. Turn with me, with me to uh, Second Corinthians chapter 10. What well, we're using our Bibles today. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And this is a picture of fortresses. Or I guess, yeah, I have any word as we can find. Second Corinthians chapter 10, and verses 4 and 5. five. Sorry, verse 3. For though we walk in, in the flesh. Second Corinthians 10, 10, 3. For the walk in the flesh, flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Think of that. But mighty through God, the pulling down, down of these forces, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the over Christ. That's the same concept. Remember what, what Satan came to Adam and Eve with, Eve particularly. Ooh, ooh. Well, I don't know if you can, if you can try. I don't know if you can really extend. He's, I mean, he just does what he wants. And, and, and you know... It's a really, really nice place. You know, let's, just, let's just think about it. Let's be honest. Why wouldn't you let you eat that tree? What's he scared of? I, I, I just kind of doubt his love for me. And she bought it hook, line, and sinker. sinker. Buy it hook, line, and sinker. And anytime you diminish God's truth, Satan is winning. Satan's winning. Did we go to James 2.19? Yep. Ernie got us there. Let's take a look at this. is is uh, This is very strong language. John chapter 8, verse 44. Jesus was in, involved in, in a conversation with the religious 
geeks and freaks. And he says in John chapter 8, 44, well, actually, they, they accused him of being born of fornication. So let's start verse 39, John 8, 39. This, is, this gets pretty, pretty this gets in a, it's in a conversation. They answered and said, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if, he, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now you seek to kill me. I have told you the truth, which I, which God, this did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we be not born, born of fornication. We have one father, even Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? speech even because you cannot hear my, my word. You are of your, your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth, because, because there is no truth. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Every sinner, sinner is a child of Satan's. It's pretty, it's pretty hard. Very true. How many of your friends, how many of your relatives, how many of the people that you just run in contact with that the gospel is just totally, totally mystery and makes no sense whatsoever? It's foolishness. The only way that that can ever change, it's not up to you. You can debate. You can dramatically draw pictures. You can do anything you want to do. But you know what? You will fail miserably. It is up to Jesus Christ and his delivering power and the, and the Holy Spirit working in the heart of that person to pull the blind way so that they can, they can see who he, he is. That's what's frightening on this as we think about this group of people now. Let's go back to our maniac turn. He's the first Gentile Michelle mission. You can see the scripture. This the guy that's got 2,000 plus demons living within him. Jesus literally cast, casts them out. And, and why, did he, why did he let them go? Into this? Well, first of all, you didn't know this. This is not Jewish country, right? <laughs> pigs are not a big thing. This was a group of, group of 2,000 pigs. It's our country. This is Gentile community. Why would Jesus, and in fact, they're, in fact, they're fearful. They're thinking that he's, he's going to throw the abyss into the bottomless pit until the judgment. And you're way ahead of time, Jesus. We did the Bible. We know we're premillennialists. We know what you said. Ed. They were looking for anything. Because to, to them, with just Christ being, being in charge of authority, they really thought they were going to go to the abyss, even even them to end times, because we know what happened in Genesis chapter six. If you look at Second Second Peter chapter two verse four and Jude seven, they literally literally lasting chains until the judgment. See, they will never be released, even during that, that time when the demons will be released. Those from six, according according as I read six and seven, seven, an everlasting chains until the day of judgment, which would be at the, the very end where they're cast into the lake. In the lake. Now, to Ernie's point. point they always want something to go. They want to manipulate. What do we do? They want to indwell. They want to control. They want to torment. Can they be be without? Yeah. Remember what happened with Jacob in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 and 44? That demon was inside, and he said, you know, I'm going to look for greener pastures. They're always searching and searching, but they want, they want to inhabit. They want to indwell. Now, again, we talk about a step downward. 
Because my next, see, this is where my mind goes, and I don't know. It's not spoken of. Spoken of. So they killed the pigs. Now pigs now can swim for a while. We talked about that. I, I know it for a fact in the pig business. But it said they were, they were all destroyed. I mean, those demons literally, literally just killed them. Where did they go next? I don't know. They were happy to be away from Jesus. That's all I can liken to you. Okay? But, but let's go. What was I going to say? We're in Gentile country. Oh, okay. And so, and that must have been a sign. Now, the proof was, you could say, well, how do, we, how do we know that the guy, he just, you know, maybe he just feels better about himself now, and he's, he went and got some clothes, and he's okay. okay. No, the very fact, fact that Jesus allowed them to go into those, go into those pigs showed, showed left the, the man and, and went into pigs. It was, was absolutely destroyed. So comes the whole people. Now, what if you were the pig herder for that day? <laughs> now, I don't know who, you, who your is. That's, and I think you might have might have lost your life, right? Because okay, just this is not this is just another day in pig herding, which I'm not, right? Yeah, you're laughing, yeah. okay? Anybody pig herder? I used to I used to have a hundred sacrifices, which is which is nothing. But I, but I was a kid, I was a teenager, and that was what that's what I did. I had a hundred sacrifices for to finish. I took a great deal, you know, interest. Okay, but what if I just what if I came to my dad? See, dad, really interesting day. It was really interesting. I don't really know how to describe it. But we would have, would have probably, you know, about you know about 15 things on hand at all times. Okay, so it's actually actually close of varying st- stages and varying ages, right? Dad, I don't really know how to describe it exactly, but let me. Try. So I'm just sitting so I'm just doing my just doing my, and all of a sudden, it's just like that. It was all, all of a sudden, these pigs all just broke out of their pens. They went out the door, and we, and we had on. We had we had kind of, a, you know, it wasn't like a sea, but it was a you know it was a pond. And, and I, it, it, I don't know what to, what to say. Bewildering. But they all ran drowned. We don't, we don't have a pig left. I don't know what my dad would have said. But would have <laughs> Where did you, did you get that story? <laughs> I mean, I mean what, how long did it take to make that one up? What, what re-happened? Right, right? What did you do? You know, and I'm thinking of, you know, these poor little herders. 2,000, it's, you know, in, in the market... Uh, Section, they they so they highball it back to town. To town, I thought it went the other way. What, what do you tell them? It's going to make, make any, any sense. <laughs> Owners, which quite honestly could have just been the town as well. Gasar may have as a joint for their their food. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Still, the story the story's the same. You just you just you just will not believe this. You you believe this. You know that weird that wild guy that maniac back down there lives in the tombs. You know that go that guy. Well, there's other, there, they came, came in a boat, and there, there's like Jesus guy, I guess. That's what they called him. And, and, and he just, gonna, I don't know, this guy just falls down before him, and he call, calls him like the son of God. And all of them, they ask to go into this herd of pigs, which we're just kind of standing by, just looking. And all, all of a sudden, I'm not, I'm not kidding, kidding. Those 2,000 pigs just, just ran off and killed themselves in the bottom of the sea. That's why the whole city came out to see what's going on. That's the dumbest story they'd ever heard of. <laughs> But I, I want you to show you, this is probably the, the most serious, diabolical thing, thing of how Satan and the power of sin, how powerful the whole is. I want you to see, see this. Let's watch. We've read it once, once, but now I'm dive in. Let's go back to, uh, we'll take the Mark account. Um, Mark, Mark, chapter, chapter 5. 
We'll begin reading. Verse 14. Chapter 5, verse 4, verse 14. There's just been 2,000 pigs that drowned in the sea. They fed the swine, fled, and took in the city and in the country. And they would see to see what it was that was done. Now, in the other set, there's, a, there's Matthew chapter 8 and there's Luke 8. One of those, the whole city came, came out. This was an event. They come to Jesus and see that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were Stop. Just soak that, soak that in for a second. Now, we've looked at the power of demons, right? I mean, they literally, literally took man and they dwelt in, they condemned, they condemned, they tormented. I mean, he was running around naked in the middle, middle of the winter. You know, just think of his life. It was non-existent. They took control of him. They, they literally had, there was a lot of power there. there. It's obvious that that, that whole town couldn't do, do anything with this individual. I want to make sure you understand this. There's nothing, again, that p- people by themselves could do, do this individual. Or anyone, anyone else. Like we talked about the wind and the sea. Who can quiet that? No one. Just like who can literally have take control over a demon? That's a, no one. They couldn't handle him. They're watching. Here's this guy that they know, know that couldn't hardly ever capture, let alone town, town. And he's sitting there in his, his right mind. Closed. And here's Jesus guy. The dead pigs. And it says they were really afraid. Really afraid. Do you remember, remember how the disciples responded to Jesus? Jesus' last quote? No, it wasn't last week, but we were there last week. They were scared to losing their, their lives. And then when, and when he spoke word, they were scared because God was in the boat. What do you do with this Jesus? Now, you've, you've never met him before. You're a, gen, a Gentile nation. A, gen, a Gentile. That guy did, did that, that, and that happened, and that, and that. What scared them? Very same thing for the for the for the disciples, their own, own. They were in the presence of God. No one could do do anything they saw could be done unless it was the power. And yet, did you see the strength of sin? It would damn those people to hell, rather than thank Him for literally releasing seeing that demon. Did you see no no was interested in thanking them for getting rid of the demons out of that man, except for the man himself? Oh, did you have a bill? Bill? That was bad. Was bad. Uh, let's, go with George. let's go with George. I, I, it, I, I did not mean it. I did not mean it. Did, oh, that was horrible. Okay, okay Bill, just, I didn't say, say it. I, okay. Bill, I mean, I can't. Okay, okay. Put your clothes on now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're playing with me well. Okay, okay so the people are, hey, hey you be, this Jesus guy must be something. Did you see what, what happened to George? I mean, he's, he's, he's quick and straight. I mean, he's, he's okay. Wow. Didn't even, didn't even, didn't even. But here's the other thing you got to be careful to say now. Because if you walk away from this story, especially if you're a pig farmer, right, Paul? Yes, that's right. You're thinking, we lost 2,000 pigs. An economic loss. Big, fat deal. See, the farmer in me says, whoa, what was Jesus thinking? <laughs> Let me go in a bunch of gophers, gophers right? Gophers kill them. So See, that's, that's where mine is. I have no love for, love for gophers, right? Okay. But let's be, let's be clear. 
Not one, one word in any of those three te texts in Matthew and Luke does it talk about the townsmen upset with the fact that the pigs are dead. For, for Jews, absolutely. This is Gentile country. Gentiles, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Which very much bears in fine that he's in Gentile country. This, now, I will, I will say this. If it was Jew, Jews, that would be a naughty Jew. <laughs> but to a Gentile nation of which those laws were not into, those ceremony, ceremony laws were not directly to them. Now, if a, if a Jew would have been there, yeah, that's another matter. And from a Jewish day, the disciples are thinking... Well, at least it was the pigs and not something else, right? That's how they would have saw it. But the Gentiles that were had had that on their uh, make, making to living, it would have been a kick in the head, right? But there's one single word in any one of those contexts that decide for us that, that the people are any any upset with the death of the pigs. They're upset because of what Jesus did. He cast deem out of an individual. To the pigs, and we don't know what to do with that because we're sinners. What's he going to do to do to us? Do you see how damnable sin really is? How much it holds people? There's people as well. I've got to clean clean up my act before we find Jesus. You ever heard that? I got to get it better, better. No, you can't get get better. You can't get better. Don't try. You will fail further. You will fall further. How is it about? It, it costs more than you thought it would, would cost, takes you further than you thought you would go, and, and holds you longer than you thought you would. You would. Every single moment, sin is captivating you. You are going, going further and further and further. And that's why it's always better to get saved at a young age. The older you get, the more, the more callous you think, thinking there's, it doesn't matter. But, but that a whole nation, let's keep, let's, let's uh, nation, the city, let's keep going. I, I didn't finish it. We're in Mark, Mark chapter, um, which verse did I like, quit you in? Verse 16, let's go there. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him possessed with the, with the devil, so concerning the swine. In other words, those eyewitnesses, they're describing this. They begin to, to pray him. In other words, please depart out of our coasts. And when he come into the ship and ship and then, Possessed with the devil, prayed him that he might be with him. Let's stop there. Literally, this city of people, seeing uh, under eyewitness count that Jesus cast out outens, and the pigs proved it. He didn't just say the demons are gone and the guy, the guy gets well. No, the, the pigs proved the fact that the, that the demon was there. And they said, we just want you to leave. Just, just go away now. Leave. We don't want you around here. That is, that, that is just sad. That, that is power of sin. And has gripped America. But I don't see any sense of it. But it looks like they did say that. In fact, what disturbs them is the fact of what place. It was, it was supernatural. It was, it was a lot of... There was, there was a man nuts. He was a maniac, and now he's not nuts. And those... And, and again, this eyewitness account, I think, is very telling. And again, I can't say this often enough. Using the pigs, allowing demons to go into the, the pigs, proof point that there literally was demons in that man. 
And that proved the point that he, Jesus, was a cast out of the man into the pigs, and they died, and that's why they want him to believe Jesus. We don't have to do it either. Who knows? Yeah. Exactly right. Again, that, it, that is interesting when we, we talk about where demons are very, very prolific in these pagan religions, pagan religions which Gentile, well, and, and, it's, and, and they, they still like to be really quiet, quiet. at the same time. time who knows? Who knows? No. I mean, this was probably just an offshoot. This was the one guy that they can control. I have no idea. Third world countries today particularly in, that, are, that are in uh, pagan worship, worship. The demon, the, the you know, the medicine, and all those things that revolve, revolve around that in the sense of leadership, leadership, power. Oh, there's demonic, demonic possession in a lot of places, and it's it's actually very conspicuous because it can be. Because there again, how do demons, how do demons actually, actually forcibly lead or dissuade or guide through through fear? And it's amazing if you are not a. I'm very carefully use the word civilized society, but at least. They can understand things, things that are new. You take someone in a, in a, in a, you know, a tribal nation somewhere that really, really has their own language, and yet the demonic possession that's taking place in the, in the leaders in that, they can control them with, with fear. They do it in religion in the United States. Handily. Fear, fear, fear. I could go on here for the rest of, we won't because we're going to move on. Look at what's, what's happened with the pandemic. Attack with everything surrounding, everything that's going on. Fear is the God of America today. I can't even say anything because somebody, I might say something that I might be, somebody might take offense at. That's fear. It's not even, not even, right? I, I'm sorry, but this is really where we're at. We are a nation driven and led by fear today. That's, that's demonic. Where there's no fear, I'm sorry, where there's fear, there's no faith. We need to run back to our faith in our God. I'm going to tell you something. If there was anybody who would have been fearful, fearful, those patriots during the Revolutionary War didn't even have shoes on their feet during the Christmas, that, that December day. And George Washington, under the guise of, under, under the, and that day was a day was escaped because God allowed it to happen. Those men should have been fearful for their lives. But you know what? They replaced it with faith. That's for here. As you're in, you're in this room, anywhere that is hearing my, hearing my, we are here for such a time as this. Are we com- committed <coughs> to, to faith? Are we committed to Jesus Christ can deliver anyone, including George Soros? I hope George Soros is listening today. Because George Soros, right now, if you are listening to me, Jesus Christ died for your sin, sins. And you are here. You, you need to deliver from hell. You're headed straight that way. way. You've led your family straight to hell. But, but Jesus, in his love, love, took your place. Just like he did mine. mine. That, that's amazing. That, my friend, friends, is nice. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the day. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the power that was, was exhibited. These gospel writers, they made sure, sure to know who it was. They also took, took, took time to been engaged in showing the power that he had. We've looked at two instances of procreation, and today we've looked at the power over demons, the power over Satan's hold, Satan using using the tools of sin and death. 
Jesus came and broke those tools. He broke those bonds. He broke those chains. For the power of sin is once and, once and for all broken. Father, there are words that we can't adequately describe what you've accomplished. But Father, a little bit of faith we, we have. Would, would, you, would you receive faith we have and make us just, just a little bit more like Jesus? The more we see, see him, the bigger, the bigger he becomes. The more awesome he is. And Father, that's how you've shown God to us. Oh, Father, we, we cry out for our nation. nation. We cry out to those, for those, Father, that do not, do not know you. Those that don't even know they need to be delivered from sin and death. Those, Father, I pray, I pray for. I pray for their salvation. I would ask that you would open their hearts, their lives, eyes that would see and sense what you accomplished, what you took care of, and that they are in bondage. Oh, Father, you are God of mercy and grace. We, we rest on that. Thank you, in Christ's name.